Yo, this episode of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. You can find the NFT Handbook anywhere that books are sold. So, today is a big day. I'm going to be buying some NFTs, and we're going to discuss the architects of the metaverse. You know, when you ask yourself, what is an architect of the metaverse? The way I envision it is it's the people that are building objects, destinations, venues, and other ready-made metaverse assets. Now, on a few episodes back, we brought on, you know, a few different metaverse architects. Ryan, who was the, which team was that again? Yeah, the meeting place. Yeah. So if you have listened to a previous episode, then you might have heard us kind of touch on this topic in the meeting place. But in this episode, we're going to be joined by Bree Scully. She's the product marketing manager at Spatial. And she recently took the company and helped them pivot into being a metaverse and NFT first company. We're going to get into that and what that really means. But to start off the show, I want to talk about what it means to be an architect in the metaverse, because that's a trend that we're seeing uh, a lot here. I mean, Nike just bought uh, a NFT company. Ryan, I know you, this is this is your cup of tea. Wait, 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 tell us about that. Yeah, no, I I think it's a great point to bring up. You know, our I don't know how you're supposed to say it. it's RTFKT. I don't know if it's ratificate or something, or if you're supposed to hey, say you, all the letters. What you say? Because I didn't want to say it. I was like, <laughs> I was like all right, like you helped me, and you 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 helped me out. So for sure, so, no, I mean, like I think when we look at that company, they've like they they started off making you know, metaverse sneakers that you could bring into Decentraland. And like, they kind of were exactly what we're talking about here. Like architects of the metaverse, people who are building ready-made assets that can be imported into different metaverse virtual reality experiences in the future, uh, even if it doesn't happen today. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a signal of, hey, we need to basically, you know, put put 3d designers at the forefront you know they are the ones who are going to have to architect you know these virtual worlds and every team every company that wants to get into it is going to need to find ways to either hire in-house teams or you know hire studios like i'm starting to see a lot of studios and independent creators who are branding themselves as like metaverse architects um like m2 studio polycount uh this dude i found on twitter his name's treeple you know like it's it's really fascinating to see Hey, this is a this is an entire you know job title now. Nah, that that is like you know I always thought about that even in our first episode, which is crazy because we're like now I'm I'm thinking about our old episodes and I'm citing our, our, our first one, which was about digital real estate and what it means to be a digital real estate developer or, or broker. And again, there's a trend there that's similar here. These are real like an architect is a real world job. And when you go and do that, you need a set of uh, of you need a set of understanding and fundamental uh, basis and beliefs because you, you're working with you know buildings and safety standards and codes and you don't want to be in violation of any of that, right? And you know it's 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 quite ironic that uh, architects next to doctors, I believe, are are uh, they're two very high profile positions, but they also both have uh, some of the most lawsuits. Like if you're an mm. architect. You're, you're really likely to get sued in, in some cases if you're successful at your job because 
somebody always has something to say about something right and so uh it's a it's a, it's kind of weird because like when i was doing some research for something else I, I stumbled upon that but uh you know doctors i get it but like an architect you'd be like ah, oh, what really but like if you build someone's house and like they don't like it what do they do they don't like return the house they're like no nah, i'm gonna sue you and at least in america at least right mm-hmm. and you know what is happening here in these digital spaces like you know i've always called myself a digital architect because i build like digital things but never at this capacity right like i i don't i i've made nfts that are digital objects but i'm not making ready-made metaverse uh assets i'm not you know going in this space and saying oh yeah like this is my digital world but that opportunity came up right like we 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 now have it because of the people that are literally just saying yesterday hey i was a, i was a developer yesterday i was a designer yesterday i was a dancer today i'm a metaverse architect it's crazy huh and i mean people are selling them for 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 potentially thousands of dollars uh even like entire collections of you know the same iteration of a metaverse asset you know like I've seen different uh, skins and t-shirts where it's like, yeah, there's a thousand of these, you know, which is, it's cool to own one, but you know, it's also like, wow, you know, it's, it's very much taking the same, you know, economies that we have in the real world and saying, Hey, like we can still mass produce certain mass uh, metaverse objects. You know, there's going to be an Ikea that says, Hey, we, we designed the best metaverse desks and guess what? Everyone's going to want one of those because they're the cheapest, they're mass produced or whatever. So there's going to be different kind of scales to like, Hey, this is a, this is more rare or not. No, for sure. I mean, you know, I always use this analogy, but Fortnite gives me the best mental model to think about this stuff. Right. So in Fortnite, you know, I'm a trash player. I have like zero skill. I don't play the game enough to be that good. And I also didn't grow up with a peer group where I could kind of learn from observation and just being, you know, the kid in the room. Uh, When we were growing up, Halo and Call of Duty were all the craze. And, you know, we had a lot of friends that can quick snipe or quick scope and do all that cool stuff. And that became like, uh, uh not only a, a language, like, you know, that was a part of our everyday vernacular, like, yo, we, you know, COD tonight, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, all this stuff, it became uh, like, so if you were trash at COD because of the people around you, you got inevitably better. You just had a, 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 a trash KD. Like your KD ratio is like zero. You, you, I don't know if you yeah. play COD, right? No, I mean, all my friends did. I didn't. Like, I was out of the lingo. I knew what it was, but I couldn't use it because they, they'd clown me. They'd be like, dude, you don't play COD. You can't exactly. talk about a KD. You know, you yeah. can't talk about quick scoping or nothing like that. So when you hopped on, though, like, you were you were better than most players because your friends were so good. It was just that they were, like, aiming for, like, three and four KDs, right? And, like, you know, you'd be like, dang, every game? Like, that's your average? And, like, me, I'm over here trying to hold a .98. I'm like, oh man, you know, I just got one today. I got yeah, one. Yeah, dude. I found out like five years after the fact that when I was in middle school, one of my best friends was in like some super exclusive Call of Duty clan. Like he was one of the top ten gamers in the world at this, and I had no clue, you know, right? Because so he was like, in this, he was in this metaverse with his own friends, his own group of people that didn't have anything to do with the kids that he was seeing at our middle school on a day to day basis. Exactly, and so like my point there is like you could by then like the status or the the class was not necessarily the skills like you needed the skills like you needed to put the time in on the xbox to get where you wanted to be in in those games right like it was literally just a the time equation today you can go and have fun because you can hop in fortnite and you can be the kid that just buys all the drops you can be the kid that does all the crazy challenges and gets the exclusive skins 
But that's all the time you put in. You're just like, I'm a collector. I'm a digital collector in the game. That's literally what my Fortnite account is. Like, if I want to win Fortnite, I got to call all my homies in Discord and say, like, yo, let's run a, run a game. And they're going to carry me. And I'm going to die. And they're going to be like, dude, why'd you do that? And it's the same thing for Apex or any of these games like that. I just didn't grow up in that generation. But the type of, of player I am, my persona, is I'm a digital collector. What makes what what makes this similar to these digital architects of the metaverse and just NFTs in general is NFTs are at this point where, you know, there's a lot of people that want to become NFT collectors. What do they do? They're not in the discords. They're not in the Twitter threads. What they do is they go find a guy like Ryan or me and they say, yo, what should I buy? And we're like, okay, get you an ape, go get you a crypto punk, go get you uh, this weird whale over here, go get you one of them, uh, them, them ready-made metaverse joints. And then guess what? They can go to a Basel or they can go to an NFT NYC and they can put on their own gallery in the real world because they got the paper like that. And you can just kind of buy your way into it. What is happening though is a lot of the creators that are faceless that don't necessarily uh, want to be seen, but they got swag. You 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 can't buy that. I can't buy your wallet. I can't buy the swagged out wallet with then the next 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 thing. Like what they're doing is they're transitioning to metaverse spaces. They're transitioning mm-hmm. to these spaces where it's ready made metaverses or uh, do you know show you NFT? Uh, it's by the sushi swap team. Yeah. So like, dude, that's a that's a dope gallery. That's a dope gallery. Right now they got the uh, the Museum of Crypto Art assets on display. But if you go in there, you know, it loads in your browser, it verifies all your stuff, and then you get to experience it. And it's like very photorealistic. It's almost like you're playing a game. And the functionality, obviously, there's a lot to be desired. But a lot of this stuff today is concepts. Like what I was saying is, you know, 2021 was the year of the NFT. 2022 is the year of the metaverse. And the metaverse is the catalyst at which these nft items these digital scarce items have value like if i go into a metaverse and i want to bring you know uh my nft 001 by uh by me which is crypto kool-aid into the mix it's a digital object mm-hmm. and if they're if your metaverse or your game or your 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 suite enables me to bring these assets and objects into it and i can interact with it in unique ways Dude, there's value in that because now you don't have to be that rich dude that can just buy swag, go get him one of these, one of that, one of this, and then go put it on display and be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm an NFT collector. Now you actually got to live it. You got to be in the game. like Unlike the Fortnite kids, unlike the Call of Duty kids, you need both. You need both the skill and the swag. That's, that's- well, well, I think it also like it, it, it provide to your whole point of, you know, the NFTs coming over into the metaverse, it actually provides a sense of a sense of deeper purpose to the NFT. Like, yes, I can collect a certain uh, piece of art or a collectible, like a PFP project, a 10K PFP, and I can feel a part of this like digital club on Twitter because I changed my profile picture. People aren't collecting your NFT QT 001, you know, the crypto Kool-Aid, because they're like, well, I don't feel like I'm a part of a bigger community. But guess what? You bring that over into your, you know, your virtual office or whatever over in Decentraland. And now you start, you know, have little collab sessions over there. And every time someone comes over and collabs with you, you give them a crypto Kool-Aid. You say, hey, take it home. Take it. Take it back to your place. You know, drop it in your in your uh, digital refrigerator in Decentraland. Now it's like, OK, now it's growing. Now it's something that has a little bit more purpose outside of the, you know, the 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 just the collectible aspect. So I think 
I don't want us to keep rambling on these. I know that the, we, we, we had a great interview with, you know, the spatial team because they are really working on, you know, ready-made virtual environments. You know, we're talking about, you know, the assets, whether it's the furniture or whatever, like we're talking about assets themselves, whereas spatial saying, Hey, we want to enable the creators to first make the spaces that we can then fill with these assets. Um, so let's hop over into that interview. You know, it's been a long time. Uh, I think, you know, we, we were able to really recover from Basel because the last show we were talking about Art Basel and what, what it meant for NFTs and all that good stuff. And, you know, we were still tired from being at Basel, but we've got a chance to recover and, you know, be a part of what we now know as the the metaverse, because that's what it seems like 2022 is is opening to to be the year of it's about to be the year of the metaverse and digital environments and today we're joined by Bree scully Bree scully is the product marketing manager at spatial now if you don't know spatial is like the xr platform that has has been around probably the longest the way they think about it is they're saying hey everyone's a digital creator to some extent and you know we now need to create spaces for the digital creators. And so they're getting into the NFT economy. Bree, what's up? Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And um, the, the thing that I'm like most intrigued by is just like, this is a huge pivot and shift for spatial. Yeah, well, we're trying to, you know, not, it's not really a pivot. It's more of just like a, a rebrand redirection. Um, because we were, you know, having some, we, we've been around since 2016. So you mentioned we, you know, launched on the, on the quest. So we actually launched on the quest that was early 2020. Um, before that we were working on, you know, the HoloLens 1, HoloLens 2, Magic Leap. Um, and, you know, we've, we've taken a step back from focusing on AR to being a, a VR platform. Um, and, but, you know, we worked with, with large enterprises and, um, the, I think that there's a difference between people who are, you know, quote unquote, innovating and people who are innovators. You know, there's the innovation teams at these large enterprises that are interested in co virtual collaboration. Uh, but the, the NFT community sparked something really special. And we started noticing them on our platform, you know, early 2021. And, you know, we're interviewing them and seeing what they wanted to do with the platform. And that you know, evolved and especially as the NFT space, you know, became more, you know, common vernacular, uh, we just, you know, really vibed with the community and started building features for them. And um, it's taken us here. So we're really excited about it. So since you shifted to creating the metaverse for creators and artists, I saw a quote that said you've seen four times the usage growth in just two months. So that means that like you're onboarding people at a rate that's probably faster than the, the entirety of, of what you've, you've been experiencing at, at, at Spatial. Uh, why do you think that Spatial is hitting a chord with the NFT enthusiast? So I think that because we are finally doing something that has a direct need what Spatial found with the NFT community is that the visual quality and the design aesthetic, you know, Spatial was founded by two of the, you know, two world-renowned human-computer interaction designers. And so that, I think, is pulling people, you know, from, you know, kind of more pixelated uh, visuals into Spatial. And we have our MetaMask integration, and it's so easy to just say, click, 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 there's my gallery and your NFTs are there, and then you can have 
not just a space to look at your NFTs, but to actually meet with people. So the, the reasons that we started focusing with NFT artists is we had these artists, you know, come into our community and say that, hey, this was the first time I was really able to see sales, regular sales as an artist, because I'm in there and I can send people this link and I can have my own personal gallery all the time without having to rely on another gallery uh, pulling me in and, you know, sponsoring me and doing an exhibition. I can really be empowered to be my own marketer. No, that's an interesting note to see from the persona, right? Like you're, you're seeing a good use case and, and you understand their why, right? And then you, uh, the, the cool thing about this here is you have an organic loop. Right. If I have if I buy NFTs, which is something that, you know, most NFT collectors or enthusiasts are just going to do over a a period of time, they need a place to display it. And a lot of the solutions have been taking the digital into the physical. Right. Here's a screen. Here's this uh, watch or uh, pendant. Here's this thing. Like it's always taking the digital and bringing it into the physical. But with spatial, what's interesting is you get a chance to really stay digital and you get to also talk about it. Right. So if I say, Hey, I want to like, uh, idea, ideate on, you know, what this new thing is or what my new theory is like, you know, well, for whatever reason, if I want to have a social gathering and it's digital, instead of doing it in a zoom place where, you know, you see my background, maybe we meet in spatial. If I'm really f- feeling the vibes, I got my Oculus on. And then it's like a conversation starter while we're waiting for people is like, Hey, did you know that this is an X copy work? I was able to get it in a, you know, super rare auction because I was the the, the craziest bidder, right? Like that's a story. Or you know, check out these uh, weird whales um, by Benjamin by Benjamin, right? And like you're you're starting to talk about you know even younger NFT creators, and like that's what like made me even intrigued to like even say yo like we should probably pursue this like let's bring spatial on because like I haven't really seen the utilities on the tool side for just general use cases and meetings. So I'm liking it. Calgary, I think you're on the line with this too. What are, what's your take? Yeah, I think it's, it, it definitely makes sense. Like uh, you know, branding wise or positioning wise, you know, it's, it seems like there's kind of this convergence happening, right? Where it's like VR has, has really been excited and wanted to, to take over, you know, kind of our, our digital livelihood for like the past four or five years. But what I do like about spatial is, that um, in this transition too, you didn't just say, hey, like we're still just a VR AR company. You went and said, hey, we're a web and VR company. Because I still think that like the whole concept of, of, of just, you know, hopping into this, this so-called metaverse with VR goggles, I'm not sure that that's really like the most compelling use case for me. You know, I've spent a lot of time in VR and it's just not super sticky for, for me. So I like that you guys are still like saying, hey, like there's still a web component, you know, like it might be your mobile phone. It might be your laptop. Um, wherever you're at, come hop in these immersive spaces, right? Like where you really kind of just get to hop into this this creator's head. Um, yeah. Being able to enter on web is so huge. I mean, 80% of our usage right now is on web. And even, you know, myself as in, you know, my entire career has been in AR and VR and I absolutely, you know, love the technology, but you can't be in an, <laughs> say, be in a VR headset all the time. Um, and our web version has just come so far where it is so amazing. Um, and so while it's, 
you can feel a level of immersion, of course, is not quite the same as being fully immersed, um, but it makes it so much more accessible to everybody. So it's I mean, it's, it's funny because spatial, I feel like spatial has been compared to, you know, we've been compared to like the, to Zoom, we've been compared to Airbnb. Uh, I really like when people say that we're kind of like a metaverse square space. So really being able to just like people could easily create their website and there were templates or you could customize it. Um, you can really do the same thing with spatial, but three-dimensionally. And so I think that that's a really good way to think about it because yes, you can go in and put up your art and have this be your portfolio, but you could also design the entire space. You could use it to put up art or you could put up whatever it is that you're working on. Um, and spatial is so flexible and you can do so many different things about it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, I guess, uh, so Bree, talk to me about, like, I want to I wanna, I wanna go off the, the track here. You've been a spatial for three years. And in that, you've seen the evolution of spatial from a idea to now a platform that many people use and probably would, their lives would have a meaningful change if, if spatial were to go away today. Um, for me, I look at spatial as an educational tool. Right. Both on the uh, on both sides of the fence. It doesn't matter if you're using it for enterprise or if you're using it as a consumer, or if you're using it just as a hobbyist, like it's an educational tool. And I think it's also a great educational case study. Uh, I'll explain on that a little bit. So if it's a uh, if I am just a hobbyist and I'm like trying to figure out, you know, what the metaverse is, this is a great like Squarespace like way where I can kind of go in a safe environment. I can see, I can do some cool things and I can justify why I might spend three, 400 bucks on a, a Oculus headset. Right. And like, it's a cool, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool spot. Like, you know, you can be like, Hey, like, this is cool. You can whiteboard things out. Like there's the, there's a utility there, but there's that educational aha moment. This is what uh, a telepresence looks like, right. Beyond FaceTime. And then if you're a practitioner, I see it more as a way to generally create connectedness in a way where, uh, like, if I in, in 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 the companies that I've been a part of that have used spatial, uh, they use it almost as a pseudo like team retreat. It's like if we need an all hands on meeting, everyone's remote. We know that 50 million people are going to be on their phones and their laptops. They might suggest, or a project manager might suggest, doing a portion of the meeting in spatial. And when we do that portion of the meeting, what happens is they'll uh, they'll say, uh, hey, no phones, no laptops, just everyone's here, everyone's present. And then people can go and like, you know, obviously someone's headset doesn't work. So there's a few people on their laptops. But like the whole thing is it's like, wow, like there is this whole concept of like I can be in the same room with someone virtually while I'm in my living room just chilling. And it's like, you know, we can get real work done. It's hard to export work out of there. So it's like. It, like you can't take the notes with you. You can kind of barely screenshot. Like that's usually where that, that stumbles a little bit. And so the thing there is it's still an educational experience. Like people are learning what it means to kind of redefine um, uh, meeting space. And then finally, like on the educational side, I think it's really cool because like spatial, like the, the, the moment where I really got it was I was in a virtual classroom. And the professor like was just like insisting that we all do our projects in, in, in this environment. And it was different because it was like, you can have a lecture, you can have like these assets. And like this professor was like, he was, he was a little weird. Like he like 
like did every little functionality in spatial and made sure that like we did everything. It was almost like a scavenger hunt, but it was cool because we weren't in a classroom. We were all virtually uh, just situated um, all, all around the room. And this was, this was many years ago. This wasn't even like here recently, this is pre pandemic. And so uh to hear you say like it's a canvas it's a, it's a, like the metaverse is open to even see the drop that's coming out later today like i'm gonna try to uh pick up and mint one of the the spaces just so i can you know do our own little nft qt installation in there um it's exciting it's it's the awakening of a new era and so my question to you after saying all of that is you've been at spatial for three years how do you feel like just watching this this idea grow and manifest into the the tree that it is today you know it it feels really terrific and i'm just really grateful for you know having seen this whole journey and you know there are so many different you know ways that spatial could have taken this but i mean i think that we really found a fit with the art community um and a lot of the needs, I think, that um, working with NFT artists, working with galleries, um, and you know, curating these spaces, as well as enabling the creators that have been around for you know the whole ride. Um, and then I want to talk about you know the marketplace and the NFT drop today. The NFT drop today is exciting for so many reasons, but what I am really really psyched about that about it is is it's the beginning of really a whole marketplace for these environments. And it's starting to solve a problem that Spatial has had for a long time. We have these amazing virtual architects with actually really, really um, refined skill sets. Not just anybody can create these environments. It takes a lot of time, a lot of years of expertise. Um, and the value is there. You know, some of the, the rooms that we're dropping, if you had someone build that for you custom, it could easily be, you know, 40K. And by creating them as a collection and minting them, uh, we are able to monetize the effort that the artist put into that space um, while also putting it at a price point that our users can obtain. So this has been a, a disconnect that we've had with, with our community and trying to solve this problem. You know, Spatial has, you know, every release we put out a new default environment but it just hasn't been enough to keep up with the demand. Everybody wants their own space to be unique. They want their space to be, you know, customizable. And we're going to be adding more and more ways to customize your space. Um, but enabling the creators who have the skill set to be the architects of the metaverse um, to build a business on spatial is is so important to us. All right, all right. So that was that was a nice little snippet. Both of us have had a lot of experience. Uh, using the spatial vr app i know that was each of us actually when i got my oculus you were like you know download spatial you gotta you know make your own home office that's the best best way to start out um so i know we were both really fascinated by this project i wasn't compelled enough to go and buy one but i know you went and bought some dude i bought five <laughs> you bought five yeah man i'm a little uh i'm still on the fence with it like i like so here's 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 two takes one if you're buying an NFT in 2021 and you don't buy multiple, you're an idiot. Uh, and, and like, that's, that's just in the name of the game now. Like if I Why buy any, any NFT, because I've been buying NFTs now for a long enough period of time where I know that if it does pop, it goes big. 
Like there's, it's either boom or bust in this game. So yep. at a minimum, I want three now. So you buy a few that way. If you want to exit, liquidate a few, you can still hold on to some for the the crazy moonshot. Like if it gets to 10x, you're like, okay, I can now sell one or two of these and not like, feel like I'm out of the project. Well, that, but like, you know, like for the apes, for example, here, like in, okay, so with the apes, I only bought one ape. Then I got a crazy offer on my ape and I was like a crazy offer. So I took the offer. So I don't have an ape. I'm apeless right now. I know a lot of people with apes, but had I went and bought two or three more apes, I wouldn't have this problem anymore. I would still have one or two apes left. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't a financial thing. It's just that like, once you're out the game, you're not going to buy back in at like the crazy astronomical prices. Maybe I'll buy back in when the floor falls, but then now you're wait, you were waiting and you're, you're patiently hating on everybody in the industry so you can get back in and then you're going to go and try to promote it back up. It's, 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 it's the wrong way to hustle. So for me, when I get into a new NFT project, the way that I try to like really go about it is I ask myself, one, do I really want to be in this project? Because there, I've also been a part of, of a few rug pulls that I've bought multiple in, right? And that that's no fun. Like, you know, you just that's just a loss. That's not even a, a bust. That's just a, you know, we got hustled. And so, and these are projects that don't look like rug pulls. Like they have, you know, really strong discords, developer communities. Like, you know, it makes sense fundamentally, the white paper. So, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm buying 10Ks and PFPs. No, it's just like, you know, the market right now is, it's one where if you're on the, the 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 floor, the ground floor of a lot of these things, like Ryan, you know, we have the signal chats and we've got the telegram groups. Like we're in like the know people hit us up and they're like, yo, hop into this. And sometimes we get whitelisted. Most times we don't like in this spatial mm-hmm. joint. I didn't get whitelisted. I had to compete with the rest of everybody. And this thing sold out in 15 minutes. And so I bought five because I was trying to get three. I, I didn't. And so I put in five transactions and I put in various gas amounts and, Luckily, I hit all five. You you know, you've been with me when I tried to mint. Sometimes I'll put in three, four to 10. I put in at max, maybe 10 or 15, uh, like, uh, bids, yeah. Bids. yeah, transactions. And then guess what? I get zero, right? Mm-hmm. So like when it gets to, so and this time I hit all five. But when I actually loaded it up, and, you know, I set all my spatial stuff up. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of spatial just as much as you are. And uh People that know me know me know that I'm a, I'm a VR kid. You know, I've been bullish on VR when when Oculus came out with the Go. Remember, we stood outside of Best Buy to get the Go. I think you Bro, came. Yeah, that. And also, the second conversation me and you ever had in, like, 2014, you showed me a VR website where it was yeah, like. I did. The, it was yeah. my room. It was my room yeah. with a bunch of logos in it. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, of course I remember it, dude. That's where I was like, oh, dang, this kid's on the future. I've never seen VR before, let alone on a website on where a, you, like, move the phone around. Yeah, the phone was dope. That was the, the yeah, so, I like, yeah, that was back when you could put the phone in, like, the headsets, and you could, the phone was, like, a viewer. So, to, to jump on a spatial, right? Like, so I was excited. Like, not just excited. I was excited, excited. And I think it's cool. It's a Genesis drop. I've, I own one of Spatial's first NFTs. I think that there's a... Uh, a, a utility in that and saying that you know you're a part of history is forever stamped in the blockchain i was there so i have that moment like you know in many ways now i'm uh i'm uh i'm a contributor to the metaverse right i, I supported yeah. the whole open metaverse nft economy that we've we've described a few times and if we we believe that 2021 was about nfts and 2022 is about the metaverse there's very there's a lot of reason to get excited for all of these projects but where it fell short in my eyes is, you know, I was expecting 
for the like utility to be a little bit more further along, right? Like to me, like when I got it and I started loading up my own custom like uh, ready-made gallery space, it wasn't that cool. It was like I can upload some pictures and I could put that on the walls and like I can invite some people. But it was like it was missing a lot of the wow factor. Now, will I use it? Yeah, I'm going to use it. We'll put together an NFT QT gallery so that the people that are listening to this and the people that are, uh, you know, just in, interested in like what's going on. Uh, we like to just, you know, make educational assets so people can experience this stuff for themselves. And like, you know, I'm not doing this stuff so I can make money or flip it. I'm doing it because, you know, I want you all to learn and inspire the next mind that goes and creates some crazy shit that I can get excited about and show, you know, Ryan and be like, yo, man, I got this new iPhone 4000, bro. Like, this is cool. Look at this. Like, that's what I like to get excited for. So if I can make the translation so that, like, the next kid can get excited by that, my job yep. is complete here. And, uh, you know, we're going to do something with it. But, like, I, I think my my aspirations for a customizable metaverse might just be a little too high for what's possible right now. No, that makes sense. I think the customization is kind of where my head's at, too, is, like, I want to be able to hop in. I want to be able to to really just have a trove of different, you know, assets that I can just throw in there. And they don't have to be assets that I own. You know, it could just be, you know, something that I could I could rent or they're just sample things that I could pop in there. And I know you were also telling me that I was a little bit surprised by was that, you know, they offered however many. What, what was it like 100 or something of these yeah, um, 146 that you could buy. And so yeah, I've got so 146 of these museo things. But if you own one, you get to create unlimited number of galleries, correct? Yeah. So you only need one and then you can use it as many times as you want. Now, when it's out of your wallet. You uh you can't use it anymore. But what you can do is, I believe you can edit like a space that you created already with the um, with the with the the layout or the metaverse that you have. Got Which it. I mean, I get the functionality of that, but it just like regardless, it, it it eliminates a little bit of the scarcity that that was kind of inherent of like, oh, there's only going to be 146 of these possible Museo iterations. Now, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it can be unlimited now because, you know, I could make 146 in my own account and like put those out. So, yeah, I, that was also one of the reasons why I wanted five. It's like I wanted to gift, you know, one of these to a couple foundations or people that really couldn't afford it. Because like, you know, NFTs, the accessibility is uh is big like you know our boy robert gallardo um mm -hmm. we made one of our first nfts with him before even the nft qt era and uh you know it'd be really cool to have he's been making a lot of nfts he's got like several open sea accounts now and it'd be cool to like have him like you know make a gallery where he just kind of spends his art uh i haven't Absolutely. even talked yeah. about it but like it's like i'd rather hit him and just be like yo i got this for you and like you know let him cook and watch watch him bring to life ideas that you just haven't seen like to your point about architects of the metaverse you need a lot of these creative types to hop in and just get to cracking with the tools and like take away the technical barriers to entry right like mm -hmm. if the technical barrier here is mint something i'll go do the mint i'm the techie let me give it to the artist and let the artist show me what they see and like how mm -hmm. how, how they envision this stuff coming to life and so like i think we don't do enough of that today got it so I want to I want to ask one more thing and just we can kind of close it out. I know it's been a little bit of a longer episode, um, but I guess in, in, in maybe you don't have a great answer to this, but in an ideal scenario, let's say 
spatial were listening to this and they could you know for for the next drop i know they have one going on today i think um but you know for the next next drop if they were to drop some of these uh you know environments that you can purchase as nfts and upload and and customize what would you like to see like out of out of a ready-made environment like i know you said customization but like what what do you think is like if we're at level one now, what's the level two upgrade to a ready-made environment? What functionality should I have? I think you just have to make it so it's like super customizable, right? Like you have to like, you know, give people the sandbox, but like let them move things, let them uh, integrate different options. And like, I'm not on the product team, so I don't know what's possible or what they're going to do. Cause like they could just very well update all the spaces, right? Like this is digital stuff we're talking about. But like what I was missing is it just felt like, okay, you upload these images and then like we go here and we can chat and have conversation. Like I was missing the like, where's the metaverse component? Like you uh, want to be able to move a wall. You want to be able to write yeah, on a wall. I want to be able to link to Shopify, right? I want to be able to link like, you know, a Stripe account. I want to be able to bring in our assets, like our NFTQT uh, articles. Like, like it should be like more than just uploading the image, right? Like, because- mm-hmm. Like the way I see it is like, if it's a metaverse, anything that's digital goes. And then if you have, you know, rare digital objects, like you can build cornerstone uh, spaces around that. I don't know. Maybe I should get one of the Bozo Islands. Uh, I, I I mean, cause I, I'm already committed. I've got five of the other one. Like maybe I should get the Bozo Island. Like it should just be like, you know, I, there are certain projects where I just buy one of everything because, you know, I believe in the team and the support, like, and I want to support them. Like in this case, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm torn. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like maybe Bozo Island is better. Maybe they knew M- M- Museo was whack. And so this is the one that they're charging a bit more for. And like, this is, this is the one that like it is, you just don't know. Like, and it's kind of like, you have to play the game to know. Like if I, if you don't buy a board ape or you don't buy a Fidenza, you don't know which one is going to pop. Like, it's kind of like to my earlier point, like whenever I buy NFTs, I have to go all in or you, you should just quit because you're just wasting time and money. Interesting. So we're going to keep biding our time. We're going to be keep buying these, these ready-made environments until one gives us the full customization that we want, where we can, I, you know, bring websites. That's the only way to do it. Cause you're already excited, right? It's kind of like, think about it like this. And then we'll close on this. As a techie, you remember two points in, 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 in tech history. There's the era of smartphones. That is the era right after the PDA. Um, if you had a Palm Pilot, you know what I'm talking about. If you had um, the Sony Click, you know what I'm talking about. And those are those. If you had a Sony Click, DM me on Twitter and say, yo, I had a, a Sony Click. And we're, I, I, I'm going to send you an NFT for real, for real. I'm not even playing. Like, if you know what a Sony Click is, hit me on, on Twitter. Just DM me. Mention this part, and I will send you an NFT. Send me your address too. Don't make it. Don't make it hard for me to send you an NFT. And make sure it's the right address. Um, we've we've had some some fatalities <laughs> on, on, along have. the way. Like I've 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 messed up a few uh, sends because it was the wrong address. So make sure you send me the right address. But there's two points in tech history that people remember um, from the last couple of decades. There is the era of the smartphone. That is the blackjack if you know about the motorola blackjack that is the windows phone the original one that is the uh the blackberry that is the palm trio those are smartphones right 
like everyone agrees with that. They had hella buttons. They had crazy functionalities. Sony even had their own phone back then. That was pretty crazy. It was in all the Sam's, the, the James Bond's movies. Samsung had their joints. That was the era of smartphones. And then there was one phone that came and changed it all for everybody. That was the iPhone. The iPhone came out and it bust down the whole industry because they had no buttons. It was touchscreen. It was the software was, was tight. The hardware was tight. And it was, it was, it was, it was pretty blonde for the first, like, you know, first couple of years. A lot of people had a smartphone and an iPhone. They didn't have just a smartphone and, and uh, no iPhone. The people that were really thugging, they had their, their smartphone and they, they needed the keyboard. Like a lot of people like Blackberries because they had real tactile keyboards. I was one of those people, right? Um, I also had the sidekick. I, I, liked the, I liked the keyboards. I never thought the iPhone was, was the wave. I was actually a late iPhone adopter. And so uh, in this case, right, you had the smartphone era and the iPhone era. In NFTs and in metaverses, we're still trying to figure out what era we're in. Like, I think in NFTs, we're still very much in maybe the cell phone era, like the tel- like the telecommunications device. We haven't even hit, like, you know, the the Motorola Razor or the Nokia candy bar phone. We're still in the old the Motorola joint with the antenna that you pull out. That's NFTs today. Metaverses, we're still in the car phone phase, where that joint's in the car, and you're riding around, and you got to, like, dial it. Both of those phones were cool for different reasons, but we're not in the smartphone era. We're not in the iPhone era. So when I say I got to buy something and I'm not pleased with it, it's not because I'm hating on a project. It just isn't as exciting as I thought it could be. And the coolest thing about digital products in general is you can update them. You couldn't update a, a, a old school telecommunications device with the antenna. They didn't handle firmware over the air updates for that. Look at Tesla. Look at how far the car has come because they can update the damn car. That's mind blowing. We live in an era where you can update a car. So we're now in an era where you can update a space. So today it's not the coolest thing, but I didn't buy one and then get rid of it. I bought five because I believe that spatial, one of the first companies to be on the XR flow uh, before even the world knew what XR was. And for those that, that, that don't know, go Google that. But Spatial came into the game as an XR company. That means they were doing augmented reality and virtual reality and immersive reality all at the same time. This is back in 2016. Ryan wasn't lying to you when I, I, I bought Ryan a Quest. I was like, yo, you need this. I sent him a Quest. I remember it was like in November. Um, I sent her October, November. I don't even remember. I was like, yo, this thing is going to sell out. This is before the pandemic. I was like, yo, these things, when people find out about them, they're going to sell out. They're going to be hard to get. When the pandemic happened, Ryan, it was hard to find an Oculus Quest. People were overpaying for Oculus Quest because they wanted something to do with their time when they were stuck in the house. Me and Ryan, we, we had already been on that wave. Uh, I was doing Oculus workouts uh, before it was cool. Before they even had uh, actual workout apps in the Oculus, I was like, Ryan, I could get cut. I could get swole. You remember that? Yeah, you were boxing. I was boxing. I was doing all types of things. and It, 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 was, it was because I was living in that future. So I'm living in that future right now where if one of these metaverse environments, they're going to get it right. You're going to be able to pull up all your digital content, all your tweets, all your emails, all your uh, websites, all of your uh, favorite videos. You're going to be able to bring all that content into your space. It's digital already. It's URLs, right? We built the, the internet so that way you could have a destination and every piece of content that we archive on the web can be accessible and easily found. 
So I need to pull in that infrastructure into my metaverse. On top of that, there needs to be some commerce uh, side of things, whether it's me selling NFTs in my metaverse or it's me selling things off my Shopify store or my Stripe account. You need that. If I could have those three things right now, that's the vision that I want because I could cook with that. Like I could then be like, come to club NFT QT. And guess what? We're going to get it popping. Shit, we might as well call it Metaverse QT. Come to Metaverse QT. It'll be a whole thing, a whole destination. And if it's on Bozo Island or Museo or the next thing, I don't care. That's just what we need right now to go forward in culture. <laughs>